0: Transformers Dark of the Moon comes after one of the most derided movies in recent memory, so the question really is, does it make any attempt to redeem the franchise? Is the juvenile humor toned down, are the action scenes easier to follow, or have they just thrown in Leonard Nimoy as a bit of science fiction royalty and called it a day? Welcome, everyone, to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter, and I am joined, as always, by Tara.
1: Greetings, citizens.
0: This is a science fiction movie podcast. We get together every week, we watch a sci-fi movie, and we talk about it. It's quite that simple. And unfortunately, we are working through the Transformers franchise because there's a new one coming out very imminently, uh, only this coming June. So we've been chipping away. And we're on movie number three today, which is Transformers Dark of the Moon. So we'll start spoiler free as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we get into spoilers, if you happen to care in this case, which you probably don't. But just in case you do, we will be respectful of those wishes and we will start spoiler free. So, yeah, we'll get into it. And you hadn't seen this one before.
1: No, but I did own it.
0: <laughs> you did, what, on Blu-ray? You, you had the disc?
1: no when uh when i first got like google play for my whatever i don't know for my laptop or something phone it just like here's a free movie like for a little while they were just giving away free movies and you didn't get to choose it was just it would just show up in your library <laughs> and it's literally the first thing on my library list
0: is just so funny about that it's not even like a physical disc where we have to get rid of all this stock because no one's <laughs> buying it it's digital there's no like like stockpile they have to get rid of and they're still just giving yeah, it to I've you yeah i've got
1: like four movies that i've never like watched or some of them i've never heard of it one's like paul bunyan and babe the blue ox some like animated one one is a peter dinklage movie called Me, and then i have a random amityville movie also I heard... <laughs> they they
0: stopped doing whatever promotion thing this was but like <laughs> i have heard i've heard to remember me and i remember that coming out Re- no it's called Me. Oh, Rememory. Okay. no, no, might then. done. <laughs> the, the, Remember might be Me right done. Might,
1: be, uh, might be a Sandy Bullock movie.
0: Fair enough. The, the title sounded familiar, but uh, there you go. All right. Well, this is the third Transformers movie. It came out in 2011, still directed by Michael Bay, still stars Shia LaBeouf, but there is a notable absentee. Uh, next up, Megan Fox is not here. Well, she was so mean. she uh, got into some trouble I don't remember the exact details of this but she spoke out about Michael Bay or something being a pain in the ass in an interview or something like that uh, and how she was treated and it just quickly escalated to not being back for the third movie so uh, I mean, didn't
1: he use her like in a movie in the background for one of the one of his earlier films when she was like 14 and like in a wet t-shirt or something (laughs)
0: <laughs> Joe, Joe is so weird about you asking. I'm like, I told you the story in the first Transformers review. <laughs> I don't, I
1: don't,
0: I don't think you did. I don't think you told me that story. I'm sure I did. It's bad boys too. It's bad boys, it's bad boys too. Bad Yeah, she talked about how his solution to not she wasn't allowed to be seen holding a drink because she was under eighteen. So his solution was to put her under like a waterfall thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I've I've heard her tell this story on Jimmy Kimmel. And Jimmy Kimmel's was like, "Oh well, you know how boys are, ha ha ha," and it's super gross. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and she just has to like play along, like, "Yeah, I guess, ha ha ha." And you know, you could tell she's like disappointed that the point wasn't getting across. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's like honestly, yeah, the treatment of Megan Fox around these movies coming out was, you know, it was very one note, and she effectively spoke out against it, and then got blacklisted for a while. Uh, and then gradually over time as i mean apparently she made up with michael bay because he produced those awful turtles movies that she ended up being april O'Neill in so clearly something got mended at some point uh maybe i don't know maybe he was getting into trouble for a (laughs) blacklist so you had to like no see i'm nice i gave her a role in another movie (laughs) see (laughs) i'm a nice guy but she is replaced with carly as the character's name she is played by rosie huntington whiteley which is the most posh british upper class sounding name i might have ever heard
1: i pretty sure she's a
0: victoria's secret model she looks like a model she does she does not look an actor she looks like a model uh and honestly it's kind of distracting in, in a weird way because she she looks like she's she looks like she's just walked off the runway and into the movie and there's a moment early on uh when like sam's getting ready to leave for the day and she's got this white dress on and high heels and her legs are on show and he's just like in a t-shirt and like jeans or something and she's got like her leg around him and she's kissing him and i'm just sitting thinking something's not right with this. this this picture looks weird like this is like a supermodel dressed like a supermodel and this is you know, he's went from Megan Fox. He's somehow traded yeah. up for Megan Fox there's to supermodel.
1: A, there's a clear, like, well, we can't have Megan Fox here because there's tension between her and Michael Bay, but we got to have a hot lady. So we're just going to replace her with a hot lady. But, like, there's a reason that like, he and Megan Fox are together, you know, even though she clearly is out of his league. Um, why that happens a second time is very unclear you know yeah <laughs> it's kind of like po- at least they have this history where they went through you know shit together and that's why they're and they saved the world together and that's why they're together
0: but like uh, and it is kind of pointed out by his mom at one point that it, can, it won't happen a third time so don't screw this up and i'm like that doesn't excuse that you've done it a second time it doesn't <laughs>
1: like and you know rosie had you do know I mean? she's a very beautiful woman but there's something about her <laughs> <laughs> You know that that British that famous British royal painting of the inbred?
0: <laughs> oh no.
1: Family? <laughs> there's something about her that reminds me of of that that painting. <laughs> she looks a little inbred, like a beautiful inbred, but like there there's something a little weird about her face that I just makes me makes me laugh. <laughs>
0: I'm not touching this with a 10-foot barge ball. I do not want to be cancelled. I mean, she's I, a
1: Victoria's I, Secret model. Like, clearly she's beautiful. But I wouldn't be surprised. Especially with a posh name like that. Come on, you know there was something in the
0: breeding going on in her uh, family. Uh, look, all I'll say is she looks very generically like a model. Whatever that means. But she, I just look at her and I'm like, you're a model. And, like, you can take from that whatever you want. But that's all I think when I look at her. Uh, her character is barely a character. We'll, we'll get into, obviously, all that stuff. No, uh, she's a butt. Every, well, the first shot of her in this movie <laughs> is her ass as she's it's walking the, up the, the butt, stairs yeah, in her underwear. Butt. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we do also have... All all the other people are basically back. We got, you know, Josh DeMel's back, Tyrese Gibson's back, John Turturro's back, the parents are back. We add in some new cast members. We got Frances McDormand, <laughs> who despite being probably about 50 or something like that in this movie, is not immune to the perviness of other male characters. Uh, more on that later. Uh, John Malkovich has got a ridiculous role in this. He's just there for reasons.
1: Yeah. I was trying to think, like, why are you here <laughs> when I was watching the movie? and uh, The other thing I think is, like, well i mean there's networking going on in, in the hollywood all the time and like maybe the, maybe this these kind of roles are just fun to play for them like they know they're going to have a nice paycheck and a good time and like they can you know Malkovich especially he's a you know he's a character actor so he he can have a lot of fun with these kind of roles and he clearly is having a good time but like uh, i just feel so embarrassed for them
0: <laughs> that's fair uh alan tuduk's in here in a role that i forgot about because i did see this movie once before but i saw it like when it came out again I...
1: like he's playing someone that looks like he'd be fun to play but unfortunately it's for a movie that you have to say you were in
0: <laughs> uh ken Jung, of course was getting big around this time he's got a role so hilarious! he's, he's hilarious <laughs> uh and of course uh Leonard Nimoy is the voice of a new Autobot. Well, he's not a new, but he's, he's, he's new in this movie, but he's he's, he's an old Autobot. <laughs> yeah.
1: Boy, do they love having a Star Trek alum.
0: They do reference Star Trek a few times in this, uh, but it's, it's, a, it's almost a bit, like, oddly distracting. And I get that, it, you know, it's a Paramount movie, so they just have access to Star Trek footage if yeah. they want to use it, but... Uh, yeah, there is a scene early on where the two little robots are watching some Star Trek... And commenting on it Yep,
1: there's an enterprise comment i uh, think one of the sound bites that bumblebee uses is kirk
0: to be fair i think he used the star trek one in the first movie as well i think i remember oh, yeah, pointing he that out. Did. Yeah. yeah so yeah so we got we got a whole big cast uh lots of characters some of which just disappear halfway through the movie because they're irrelevant uh some of which are still around later but it feels like they have a different skill set just to justify why they're around in the last half of the movie yeah just there's just a lot of that going on uh we'll get into it but yeah i mean there's no point in really giving you a a plot synopsis at this point it's autobots versus decepticons the humans are around we'll get into all that in spoilers i'll just ask the question tara how did you feel about transformers dark of the moon (laughs)
1: I will say this one's not as miserable as the last one. The, the, I think the last one is probably the lowest for where the bar is going to be.
0: That's that <laughs> is fair. It, it
1: seems like he has taken some, some feedback and <laughs> said, you know what? I want to make it the, the, the Autobots and the, like a little clearer. <laughs> so a little bit easier to see. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to have the camera spinning the whole time. The parents are going to be toned down, um. So th- that at least I didn't feel like throwing up the whole time I watched it. But this these movies are just they're not for me. Like I did not enjoy my experience watching it. I, but I, I didn't want to you know jump off a balcony, so that was a step An improvement. up. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, it's definitely better than revenge of the fallen i think that is a fair statement to say for the reasons you basically said it's a little easier to see the action sequences you can make out at least the moments he decides he wants to be clear there's a there's more of those at least
1: there's a lot of like slow down for the shots and the fights and
0: stuff like that yeah um it doesn't jump around as many like little bits of plot although it is still overstuffed and too long and there's like everything basically everything in the first like hour that has anything to do with sammy's parents his girlfriend like all of it's just fluff until like the plot actually gets moving like that's still a problem like yeah. john Ma- like john malkovich is a good example actually his entire character is not needed in this movie he adds nothing to the movie other than just really bad comedy that is yeah. not, not needed for the, for anything it doesn't advance anything it doesn't do anything it's just there so yeah. it just that, that first half especially just feels really bloated with stuff that just could could go away um so that's that that's so there's still it's still a bad movie there's still lots of problems oh, yeah. there's still lots of things to talk about uh one of the problems I had and I remember feeling this when I watched it and this was when I wasn't as critical of them when I first saw this but I remember feeling this way the first time and I felt it again here is in the last like hour or so of the movie which is all the big third act action set pieces in chicago all that stuff is there's this general feeling of we're following sam and a couple other humans and it kind of just feels like whenever the plot wants the autobots to jump in and save the day they will but we never really get much of an indication that they're doing anything else so it just kind of feels like well, what, what are they even they're, they're just like we just we jump in to have a big mo- it's almost yeah. like a formula where humans get in trouble there's some tension oh no optimus or bumblebee jumps out and saves the day oh right back to just the humans all right build some tension oh the jump out there's a a little bit of
1: yeah that for me i was watching i was building a dresser while i was watching it of course you were (laughs) but i thought well um yeah i still was paying attention to the to the movie but during like halfway through the third act like the big final thing i was just like wait where are the autobots
0: like i know they're here (laughs) (laughs) yeah we we go long stretches when it (laughs) that's the weird thing is if anything that's the one moment where it feels like we should be cutting around a bit more and seeing what the autobots are doing and we just just don't see them for like long stretches. Yeah. so it's it's it feels unbalanced I, I, do,
1: I do appreciate that uh the humans seem more like useful in during the fight in this one versus the other ones like before it was just sam and michaela i had to think for a second Sam and Michaela, who are like the only humans doing stuff and like, and then it was like military, military, blah, blah, blah. but, <laughs> but in this one, like the humans, uh, even they are still military, but like, I don't know, like you're more with them and they, they seem more helpful in this one. So like, okay, at least like we get some progression, like they're learning how to combat in more creative ways against Decepticons. Now, this is the third time around, so they should.
0: Yeah, like I've got some thoughts from both ways for that, but I'll save it to spoilers just to talk about the actual details. I I I kind of agree in principle, but there's also parts of it that I think feel a little bit weird. But yeah, I, I I will say the music's still solid. In fact, I, I will say the music's also a bit better than last time. It felt like there was yeah, some I new... definitely
1: noticed the score a lot more in this one because it wasn't just the same track that you know it is good and recognizable. There's a lot more that like oh, this feels almost like a new composer. Because it's like really just new score in
0: it. Well, I mean, it wasn't just one track. Like they had, there was like five different themes from the first movie that all came back in the second one. But
1: not ones that I really remember or recognized, honestly. Like I, I know like the main one that comes in all the time, but the the hero score, you know. Uh,
0: I mean, uh, to be fair, I do because I just like the first the first movie score is pretty solid. Like I think Steve Jablonsky oh, does yeah. like, a good job of being the sort of Hans Zimmer style composer um and i i think it is nice and varied and there's a lot of different themes to pull this one it feels like it does add in some new themes and some new things that mixes in with the old stuff and it's you know it, it's 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 uh it's not bad so uh the but the the core problems that were in the first movie are still kind of here what was funny is that for the first half i was actually thinking you know, he's maybe toned down the military propaganda a little bit, right? Thinking, oh, there's less of it in this one. And then I was like, no, he just saved it all for the back half. <laughs> the back half yeah. is just like, <laughs> when, it, as soon as we get to those wingsuits, suits, I'm like, okay, all right. He was just he was he was doing delayed gratification for himself. He he, he he had the box of tissues ready. He was just waiting. He was just waiting. Yeah, that's all. That's all it was.
1: What can I add? I need to add one more awesome thing: wing
0: suits. <laughs> Yeah, uh so but I no, think we the, st-
1: the movie like kind of is in two parts for me. Like there's definitely a a turn that happens about halfway through with uh, the character that um Leonard Nimoy plays when he's like really, really introduced. And mm-hmm. like the whole plot of the movie for me is all in the early part, like the first half before then. And then when Leonard Nimoy gets here, it's just all action fighty. Bang bang shoot shoot stuff and I, I the the second half of the movie is just way too much. It's just so much. Like I couldn't believe we were still fighting. You know, I, I I'm pretty sure it's two hours of fighting.
0: What's funny though is that I felt the first like hour or so that you're talking about like most of it's just fluff. Like I don't think the plot it's, really starts until fluff. Leonard Nimoy's character shows up. <laughs>
1: It's fluff, but it's like that's where all like the dialogue is and all the setups and stuff and then like there's a change that happens And then it's just fighty fighty movie. <laughs> But not like fun anymore like it's just it's just too much It's just oh, was it wait now, was it now, fun? Now it wait, hold, cool. on, hold on
0: hold on. Was it fun before <laughs> cuz it wasn't no <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't say it was fun before
0: <laughs> You said it's not fun anymore that implies it was fun before <laughs>
1: I don't think I said that. Maybe I did, but I, <laughs> if I did, it's because my brain's broken from watching it.
0: Uh, I, I suppose I could accept that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously we have the bad humor. We still have both the robots and all the men are all perverts, uh, pretty much. Uh, like, I was there's, actually, there's I was a, thinking... There's a Scottish Autobahn, or
1: Auto <laughs> a- Autobot.
0: What was, what was wrong with on the one. first way you said it?
1: I said Autobahn.
0: All right, Autobahn. <laughs> but you're right. Yes, there is a Scottish Autobahn that has so like hey, feelings you're of dialogue. So, you represented
1: in the in this now? I hope you know <laughs> oh, the, for the big Scottish audience out there.
0: For the alien <laughs> robot from the from another planet. Yeah, who you represents guys are Scottish represented
1: people. and just trying to get your vote. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Optimus Prime, I've got to bash in this Decepticon's heat before Do he th- does anything too bad. What? Do
1: you think it was just there for like another Star Trek kind of reference?
0: No, because the other Autobots that this one was working with also had like different English accents. I think it was just like, I don't know, like a bunch of funny accents, basically. Okay. It's a bunch of accents that Michael Bay thinks are funny. That's all
1: Because I, I kind of thought he was like the engineer of them.
0: I I think you're stretching this.
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe I just heard, you know, I hear Scottish accents and I think either movie critic or... (laughs) Or engineer.
0: Well, I'm glad I come first in that list. That's that's nice at least.
1: I definitely have more experience with you than I do with Scotty. I only got three seasons of Scotty and some movies.
0: Yeah. Also not really Scottish, so that's uh, worth mentioning.
1: Yeah, but like... He nails it, so there's literally no difference between like him and a Scottish person. Uh-huh. You sound exactly like him.
0: No, because if I'm doing a Scotty impression, I'd be like, She can't take it, Captain. Like, no, it's 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 different. Yeah, perfect. But that's not what I normally sound like. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, fine, fine, fine. Uh so but you know we still have the problem of like you know annoying humor juvenile characters and i was thinking actually this is the point i was getting to before we went on a whatever tangent you said is down there (laughs) i don't even remember we talked about that (laughs) but is that i was actually thinking during this that do you know part of the reason why a lot of young men probably think it's okay to say really pervy things to women they don't know is because of movies like this (laughs) because every male character. When they see either uh, you know Rosie Huntington Whiteley, um, or in or in Totoro's case when he sees Francis McDormand, like they just say like creepy things that mean I want sex, like just instantly, you know, uh, like like some of the comments that are fl- flying thick and fast in this are just like so. It's the sort of thing where if I heard someone say that in real life, I'd be like, "You're a creep." Like what? Yeah. <laughs> like what are you doing? No are one's going on to watch with it.
1: this somewhere. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like it would not be <laughs> acceptable behavior, but they're just throwing these comments around, uh, and yeah. nilly in this.
1: I mean, at, at least Rosie huntington wiley has a line where she says, "Like I'm used to it" or something. <laughs> men, men be pervy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that should that should be sad when she says it that. Is. Yeah. <laughs> it should be a sad It's moment. sad
1: for the women who are watching.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, but it's clearly she's not directed to feel sad in that moment. The directions still tell her to be like, Ah, I'm used to it. Oh what's what's her name in the movie? Carly? Carly, yes. Carly. Very, because very British name. It's also the word car with Lee at the end
1: oh yeah oh yeah and she's also into cars
0: yeah she loves cars much like megan fox like that's the the thing about this is that other than a few line of dialogues and like how he met her like you could totally see that megan fox's character could have got this job because it's all about doing running a car museum like you could totally see her character just having this job so Mm -hmm. a few lines of dialogue got changed to to fit the new actress in but for the most part it's just this was this would have been her role they did like a quick rewrite just to make it fit and that's it. Yeah, that's all You're it is. Megan
1: Fox. She deserved better.
0: <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, half the actors in this deserve better, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say all necessarily, but, uh, actually, did you notice as well, like, in, a, a lot of this was John Malkovich's character. character, uh, but, like, it's just awkward references to, like, new things in this. Like, there's, like, John Malkovich at one point walks in and goes, are you a Twitter tweeter or something like that? Yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm like, oh, Twitter's a relatively new thing right now, isn't it? You're referencing mm-hmm. it. Hmm.
1: Yeah, probably. was just feeling um, a bit dated. Was oh, this 2011? Yep. I guess Twitter would have been around still for, for- few years
0: now a couple of years yeah but i feel like at this point this is maybe when celebrities were a bit more common to be on it now maybe and yeah yeah
1: that's probably like true that. and promotions for films and stuff
0: yeah yeah
1: this it's... is definitely the hashtag
0: era oh yeah. no one said
1: hashtag but like yes
0: it was maybe the next movie <laughs> maybe, maybe next movie's like 2014 i think so maybe we'll see an evolution into the next one <laughs> yeah it's actually kind of absurd that like because these movies hit every two years until there's a slightly longer gap before the next one but they got three of these movies out with the level of visual effects that they have they churned those out over the span of about six years like they got three movies every two years it's kind of nuts how many how many people had to work in these to get them looking like they do with the level of like effects fidelity that they have
1: yeah i mean the, the special effects are incredible
0: But But it's just a bad movie. We could have cured cancer, probably, with this level of, like, manpower that was on these things. Maybe. (laughs) Instead, it was all that power, all that willpower and energy from all these people was all just, like, diverted into three Transformers movies.
1: Yeah. And we have to get all the Marvel movies and their effects in. Uh. and. Every, all this manpower is going to special effects. Remember when we watched uh, Close Encounters and the special effects were done by one guy?
0: <laughs> that wasn't true, was it? it wasn't just one guy.
1: <laughs> Maybe he was like the lead special yeah, effects the... guy, but like I remember just one name popping up under special effects and it made me laugh.
0: That's uh, kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely more people <laughs> working on them, but yeah, he would have been like the supervisor or whatever. Yeah and then everyone works underneath it would
1: have been like what like four other people maybe (laughs) don't get
0: get me wrong yeah it was still have been like maybe a room full of people at most versus today where you get to the effects part of the credits and it's just a wall of names scrolling for like two minutes you know oh
1: gosh yeah at least a whole song (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) that's the thing see when you're watching a movie like this like the one the one comfort when i see the two hours and 35 minute runtime is that at least 10 minutes of its credits (laughs) that's the one comfort i have
1: (laughs) This one's, like, 250 minutes or something
0: crazy. <laughs> your, your math is terrible. No, no I, I was right. I was, yeah, two hours, 34 minutes. There you go. Oh, God. I swear that I it was five hours long. That's 154 minutes and in, in minutes for the record. I swear it was twice that. It does feel long. It feels like a gauntlet. See, when you get, by the time the plot actually gets moving, you've still got, like, 90 minutes of movie left at that point and it is just it feels like endless battling uh which mm-hmm. wouldn't be as much of a problem if you were invested in the characters and you know this is right in that era i always joke and complain about movies that have the third act with the the blue beam of light into the sky and that's what the heroes are trying to stop but this does literally have the blue beam of light
1: <laughs> yeah it's got like a picard season one ending <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah there's much to talk about much to get into we're probably going to be relatively thorough i imagine so
1: i don't know how thorough you can be in the last like the last half of the film it's just all fighty stuff
0: i mean we'll see we'll see we'll see where the conversation takes us but i think there's a reasonable amount of set pieces to talk about um so spoilers from this point on for transformers dark of the moon you have been warned the movie begins with cybertron we actually see a little bit of like the end of the war on cybertron so it's all cg and this ship was leaving and it had like technology the autobots were going to use to win the war and it gets shot down though and we see that it lands on the moon and
1: and we get peter cullen's voice narrating
0: we so, do a good start good yeah good start good start and i think what's interesting about this actually is just because um because on in bumblebee you see more cybertron stuff but the difference is is that in bumblebee it had like the g1 style looking transformer designs whereas here it's in continuity with the first movie where because in the first movie it established that they're all just sort of generic-looking robots, and then when they got to Earth, they picked, like, you know, trucks or cars and sort of mm-hmm. based themselves, and they can sort of change, as we've seen as well. But because of that, when we get a glimpse of some of the Transformers on Cybertron at the start, they're just sort of generic silver, you know. They all look the same, basically. Um, so I just think it's interesting that in Bumblebee it looks much better, though, because it's much more colourful, and Optimus has got his red and blue yeah. and all that shit, you know? So... Um, but yeah, the opening of this is definitely shooting bigger as far as like an idea goes, concept-wise, because the opening of this is that the space race, right? So we this turns out this is like 1961, 62, something like that. And the whole premise of this is that the space race was inspired because like NASA and presumably the Russians as well became aware they could tell something landed on the moon and that's the race to get to the moon was to see what the hell it was like we have to find out what landed on the moon so we get this montage of like a mixture of like you know archive footage of the news reports stuff because there's that famous clip of the guy um clasping his hands when the moon landing happens which i know from the teaser trailer from interstellar so is, it must just be a real thing yeah. uh, from from the time period but they've got that mixed they also have like a really bad cgi jfk i don't know if you noticed this
1: was he cgi or just someone with horrible makeup i think it was
0: cg it looked really weird
1: (laughs) it looked like a mask
0: i don't know it looked cg to me i mean maybe maybe you're right but either way it looked unnatural whatever (laughs) they were doing this face with it was unnatural
1: (laughs) yeah that's like old uh like star trek makeup you know with like the 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 one like old (laughs) man face they had It was like we can just use that but put makeup on it so it'll blend
0: in they actually (laughs) did nixon because by the time the moon landing happens obviously it's nixon and i think they did a better job with this because what they did was is they had the real news footage of nixon like on the t on the monitor in the foreground and then Mm -hmm. the background he was out of focus like as if he was being filmed right there and then And that kind of worked because you could see the real thing, but then you could also see their actor and out of focus that kind of was mimicking it. So I think that that worked better. But
1: yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, but I definitely noticed JFK looked a little wonky. Yeah.
0: So yeah, so they get up. (laughs) They try to
1: force gump this movie in the beginning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They have their moon landing. It's like all the famous moments you know from the moon landing. You know, you know, one small step, blah blah blah, Mm -hmm. and then it's like okay we've got the excuse that you're on the dark side of the moon for the the media you've got 23 minutes to to check out what's there and it's like neil armstrong had this secret mission to check out this uh you know autobot spaceship that landed on the moon and he finds like the face of sentinel prime and they bring back a little bit of the the rods or whatever and this is something that even sector seven didn't know about which sounds like just retcon nonsense like why would they not know about this but okay yeah exactly (laughs) but fine whatever uh so yeah that, that's her backstory Super mega, ultra top secret <laughs> that's her backstory for this movie and there's an implication here so just to, we'll we'll go examine all that stuff later I think we'll stick with the just the, the actual plot plot here mm-hmm. um so there's an implication here that Chernobyl happened not because of what actually happened at Chernobyl but because the Soviets were experimenting with a part of like the fuel source of the spaceship at yeah. Chernobyl and Mm -hmm. that's what caused it because we get this whole scene where josh demole is like talking to a a soviet like scientist and they come to chernobyl with optimus and they're looking around they find this like energy source thing from the ship so
1: oh yeah yeah you know that other famous thing that happened (laughs) that big tragedy it was just for transformers
0: how cool (laughs) is that uh, yeah, I love how we'll fit, we'll fit in the moon landing and the Chernobyl disaster. Like, well, you gotta the get the things in
1: there that people recognize so they can go, ooh, 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 I've heard of Chernobyl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's actually kind of surreal watching these scenes of them like arriving in Chernobyl and they're going through like the buildings and stuff, having watched the Chernobyl yeah. series and just knowing did, a lot more about it Did the
1: Transformers now? worm come out of Reactor 4? <laughs> Not
0: that I noticed, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were some details that seemed like you know they, they walked past a pile of gas masks at one point that they let, had been left behind. I'm like, oh yeah, that seems plausible. That seemed to fit hmm. with stuff you know I've learned about it. So yeah, okay.
1: I, uh, yeah. They should have explained what happened though with red and blue cards. Otherwise, I can't, I can't follow.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We get That's introduced... such a good show.
1: Everyone should watch that and skip the Transformers franchise.
0: Oh, obviously yes. But now they introduce um, Shockwave. Who's this Decepticon who has like a an extended, big, almost like, uh, like tremors, like like tentacle thing that goes in and out of the ground? Like he has like a main body as well that pops out every so often. But his main thing is that he has this big worm, mm-hmm. you know, that goes in and out. Uh, and oh, we also see that uh, Optimus Prime actually has like a a back of his truck. You know, he has like a, an actual container back there now. Which has his flight pack and his like axe and his shield on it. So he's he's got he's actually packing some extra heat now.
1: Yep. I like it. I like when he shows up and he's got like the cloak and stuff. It's a cool design.
0: No, that's Megatron.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. That's what I thought
0: you were talking about. That was about Optimus. He's, he's actually got the you know, Optimus, yeah. Yeah, he's actually got the truck back now with the the container. Right. Uh, yeah, Me- Megatron, yes. He has like a this is like punish Megatron because he's still injured from the last movie, so he's got like he's a, a somewhere cloak. in Egypt,
1: yeah. or something. Yeah, he's
0: he's just hiding, but he's got a plan. He's got a master plan. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, good thing like, he
1: has all these backup plans that have been in the works for many
0: decades. It's nonsense. Like, was this his plan the whole time? Because it feels like his plans in the last two movies don't really matter that much. Then, if this he's was always been the plan, planting
1: the seeds over the last. I don't know, two hundred thousand years or whatever
0: on Earth. It just so. feels so weird that he had like the whole fallen thing in the last one, but no, no, it turns out in this one he had a whole other plan even before mm-hmm. that. So it's fine. I'm sure
1: the next one, he'll, he'll, the the Optimist, will narrate some opening where he was here, you know, during the the bubonic plague and <laughs> set something up, and it's gonna pay off now in 2014.
0: Uh. To but be fair, only I, if my
1: first three plans fail.
0: I don't think Megatron's back in the next one from what, what I remember. I think he's uh-huh. just—it's
1: just dinosaurs. <laughs>
0: I mean, I, I don't remember well enough to tell you that, but I don't—I don't remember Megatron being there. I think he's—I think he's done now. Much like Shia LaBeouf and a lot of this cast that are in this, I think they're all done mm.
1: uh,
0: with this one. But uh, so yeah, so their whole their their whole plot gets going. um optimus is pissed that they found this because this this shows that humans knew something about transformers before they showed up they go up to the moon they find sentinel prime and these rods blah 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 that's also all of this introduces francis mcdormand who's now the person in charge who comes in barking orders at everyone she got a paycheck good for her i guess there's not really anything particularly memorable about a character though
1: one for me one for them right that's how actors work <laughs>
0: i suppose so <laughs>
1: she's married uh, to a, a director so maybe like maybe they're they're buddies with with michael bay and he's like hey i, I need someone with prestige in my movie
0: <laughs> i don't know there is one there's one little interesting detail we see here that, which i guess ties into like the third act when we see humans being a bit more effective against uh decepticons is the like bumblebees training with some humans and showing where the weak spots are so that they like you know if you can get behind their head and like shoot them there then that's like a weak spot and then blah 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 like and we see them training and i'm like okay that's that's kind of vaguely interesting like the idea that it would be nice if there was like a human character like in the team that was being trained that we then cared about and followed whereas we don't we follow sam who is the messenger and actually this is a neat transitioning point onto sam's shit because I want to say something here, okay? Sam Witwicky is an entitled piece of shit. <laughs> That's how I want to start the... He's the... not a likable character. At the start of this movie, he is frustrated because he has to look for a job, but he saved the world twice. Why should he have a normal job? He's important. Yeah. And at, a certain, at a certain point when he's talking to Frances McDormand and she's like, I appreciate that you helped out a couple of times, but you know, you were never the person like saving the world. You were just the messenger. And I think that's the point where the audience is supposed to go, no, that's mean. Now we want him to prove himself. Whereas my reaction was, you're right. <laughs> you're right. He's useless. He should not be involved in any of this. And then the movie has to go out of its way to show us why he needs to he be involved. He did a pretty
1: terrible job of killing Megatron.
0: He did. He keep coming back he kept coming back which is why optimus finally does it in this one properly he even has a badass line before he does this is one of the the few good things in the movie i like
1: yeah totally
0: he's like what would you be without me mega uh, without me optimus prime i guess we'll find out and then rips (laughs) his head off and his spleen comes out it's fantastic
1: Yeah, I think it was the the second movie where like it looked like the Transformers had blood. Where yeah. I I don't remember that in the first movie at all, but I remember it in the second film, and I don't think we brought it up in the review. But in this one also, you could here, see yeah. like red splatter.
0: Yeah. Also in this one, you see the Decepticons killing humans, and they just sort of like pulverize. And, you can, and, you can, and there's at least one time where you see a skeleton just land on the ground. <laughs> 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 like they're straight up killing people in this one. Good. And I, I, I guess you get around the R rating because they're just sort of like. They're, they're basically going poof like the vampires on the hit television show, for of the vampires. So, but they're basically just going poof. But then a skeleton or like a skull just lands on the ground. <laughs> yeah, there's not a ton of it, but you see a little bit of it during the, uh, the early third act stuff.
1: Yeah, we should get some damage.
0: <laughs> so.
1: Not just building damage.
0: So, yeah, Sam is living with his a supermodel looking girlfriend who is also the breadwinner and keeps him for free so he's looking for a job uh, he's worried about his parents coming to visit because they'll judge him for not having a job which honestly feels a bit shitty on their part or the dad's part anyway when he's like oh that sucks you don't have a job yet I'm like he literally has interviews all day. It's not like he's not looking for one. Yeah, <laughs> like he, yeah. It's just like it's not like he's lounging around.
1: It's hard to get work right out of college too. You know, you kind of have these big expectations, and mm-hmm. then yeah, you know, the interviews are hard to get. So, like, actually, it's impressive he has so many
0: interviews. Like,
1: yeah, he's, getting he, a callback on your resume is hard.
0: His day, his day <laughs> is packed with interviews. We get a montage of his interviews. I mean, they all go bad. Yeah, but... and they're
1: not like like you know, welcome to McDonald's. It's like you know real jobs
0: yeah it's actually kind of unbelievably it has this many high profile interviews so i shouldn't say that you know working at mcdonald's is a real job <laughs> of course of course yeah but i got what you mean though like they're all big companies that look like you're going to make a fortune there if you actually get hired uh yeah. kind of thing um and he has this really self-entitled thing so he they go to like where john malkovich is the boss right and it's this tech company or whatever and John Malkovich is this over the top caricature. He's like say he says like an acronym at one point in the scene that really annoyed me. It's like this really he says like WTF or something like that. It's
1: like, yes, you're right. Something,
0: something like that. Something hip, something hip for the kids. And it's it, all of it's just to show that he's this cookie character, right, that fits into mm-hmm. Michael Bay's Transformers world. And he gets offered he offers him a job. Um and we find out why later, but he offers him a job for the mailroom and basically says like you don't just walk in and get like a high paying like high level job you start at the bottom and you work your way up the job you want to level up and that's okay but you have to go through the the first job first and sam has this moment where he's like i saved your life twice i deserve more than that. like and i'm like am i supposed to like you <laughs> i saved your life twice
1: Like, well even his parents are like you know we paid for an ivy league school like why don't you have a prestige job
0: yeah which actually they already pointed out before that that they didn't pay for anything uh the government paid for his school because he helped save the world oh well that's
1: yeah that's pretty generous
0: so the parents didn't even pay for it. he
1: got he got the montgomery gi bill without going to war
0: that, that that's probably why they, they can afford this big sh- silly tour bus that they they're driving around the country in is because they didn't have to pay for his college yeah uh, which by the way, the mom's back with even more weird, inappropriate, like, there's, there's, I mean, this is later on in the movie, but is this, this is like the last scene we see of them really. Oh
1: my God. It's so much more toned down though. Than yeah. There's
0: previously. not as much, but the, the the one scene that really bugged me with them, um, cause she's got a line early on because they see his car and it's like a yellow with black stripes car, but it's this little banger piece of shit that mm-hmm. isn't Bumblebee cause Bumblebee's off doing Autobot stuff. Um, and she's like, Oh it reminds me of Bumblebee if he was a sad piece of shit. <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> it's a bit mean, but
1: it's also not a terrible looking car, I, I don't know. It's kind of cool looking and unique. But Probably it's... has it wouldn't pass the uh, emissions test,
0: but oh sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the scene that I was getting to is the the what later on one where he he comes in to talk to them because uh, he's sad because he had a fight with her uh, with his girlfriend and. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like oh come on you can't you can't you, you move from one stone stone cold to another there won't be a third not unless you've got a big and any interrupter and I'm like
1: oh yeah that's really a really weird
0: line who, 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 what mother talks about her son's cock that way it, you, you don't
1: yeah and, and like who gets women just by having a big penis like that's just a lie <laughs> <laughs> I mean what's it supposed to do but start? That's not how it works you can get you can get men that way
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure but like and then she whips out a book saying um oh, what was the title of the book because it, it, the, the the oh
1: uh she came first
0: she yeah she comes or she first. comes first yeah. yeah and the the image was like uh it was like a bit of fruit but it was very you know sexual it, it, sexual. it, it, looked, it looked very that's the yeah it, it was like a like halved kiwi fruit or something it looked you know like let like your brain do the do the work but
1: uh, usually papaya is what they use.
0: Okay. Papaya is. <laughs> um, but I uh, like all of this is just this weird, awkward thing that Michael Bay is obsessed with having the parents like talk inappropriately about their son's sex life. And cause he thinks that's funny.
1: Yeah. There's also a line like, you can't just walk in here. This is our bedroom. Like we might be in the middle of something or like, she w- it was implying that they might be having sex also.
0: And I'm not saying that you can't have humor and like how a parent addresses their kid about sex like if you have if the if yeah, the
1: jo- awkward uncomfortable
0: yeah like <laughs> there's it, plenty of humor <laughs> th- yeah there's plenty of jokes to be had especially i don't know it's just the way you deliver it it's the, it's the, it's the joke itself and how it's presented but you know if, if the if the joke is that the parent's trying to make them uncomfortable to get rid of them or something that can be funny that can work um but you don't get that vibe with her. You get the vibe that she just thinks this is okay to give this advice and the joke is that he's uncomfortable. Like, I, I, you know, It just doesn't work. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, guess, I guess the problem is, is that she doesn't feel like a real person. The humour comes from it feeling like real people and she does not feel like a person. She feels like a joke spitting out machine that was written in a script. Yes. Yes. Still so, waiting on those jokes though. Yeah. None of them land. But that's basically it for the parents. Right? There's yep. not, like nothing else.
1: They have matching outfits. Yeah. That's uh, about
0: it. That's, that's them. Uh, but yeah, so he goes for his job interview. He gets one with Malkovich, even though he didn't want it because he sees himself above a mailroom job, which, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and then he's just unhappy to be there afterwards. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um Meanwhile, he meets Carly's boss, played by Patrick Dempsey, who's Dr. this McDreamy. rich guy who collects cars. And there's a couple of moments here where he's showing off this fancy like, German car, and he's, he's talking about the curves and stuff, and the camera's just going up Carly and looking at her figure, and he's like, curvy and sensual, at like the perfect woman. <laughs> and then he looks right at her. And Shia LaBeouf's like, uh, I'm uncomfortable with this. Like, he's a jealous asshole, but I can also not deny that Patrick Dempsey is making lots of eyes out. her. <laughs> like, there's there's an uncomfortable amount of, like... like, Yeah. Just... I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, ogling? Ogling? He's ogling her?
1: <laughs> yes, ogling
0: her. Ogling. Sure. There you go. Yeah, this, this, this. It, <laughs> and... Yeah, so like, yeah, he, so he's unlikable and jealous, but at the same time, like, Patrick Dempsey's also just being a creepy boss who's clearly got motives. Yes. Ulterior motives, one might say. So, yeah, and this is where the Starship line comes in, because uh, Shia says this is like the Starship Enterprise in here. Because <laughs> the building's fancy.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, sure, it's high tech looking. I wonder like if you're Shia LaBeouf or if you're Sam with Wiki, mm-hmm. would you just be suspect of every single piece of machinery? Like like if I were Sam I'd be like, Is this microphone a transformer? Is my keyboard gonna come alive? Is my <laughs> I, TV or my remote, my watch, or anything, I, I, you know? I would be so paranoid all the time.
0: When you started that <laughs> sentence I thought you said if you were Sam at Wiki, would you be like Uh, paranoid of every man trying to steal your woman because he's always got like a super hot babe uh i get your point though um i i you know being
1: around all these vintage cars like okay which one of these is an ancient transformer
0: well that happened with the planes in the last one one of the ancient planes ended up being a transformer uh in fact his laptop is one of the little robots because the one from Mm -hmm. the last movie is there plus there's a second one now so there's like a duo of little robots
1: yeah Uh, the different voice actor i think this time
0: it sounds but, different but uh they're the ones that have the little dig at megan fox but they're like oh, that last one was mean didn't mm-hmm. like her yeah. yeah it's not as bad as i remembered it being uh, for in my head i thought i thought they called her a bitch but this is a little bit better than that but not, not <laughs> that would appeal. be pretty unforgivable yeah uh, especially
1: because you know you, you like michaela coming out of the films uh, I mean, way more than uh, sam anyway
0: Oh yeah, relative to Sam, yeah, she's like MVP. <laughs> give yeah. her give her a trophy. <laughs> um so yeah, that's where all the character stuff is pretty much. And then she gets mad at him because he's obsessed with like, you know, looking into like Transformer stuff after something happens at work. And it's so weird because the whole movie she is like, Oh, I love I believe that you saved the world. You're a hero. I love that you've got a a, a medal from Obama. That was a kind of awkward flashback as well Mm -mm. the way he shows off his medal and points at her I don't know that was a bit odd but
1: yeah there's also Bill O'Reilly was on TV like interviewing John Turturro at one point (laughs) like oh (laughs) that's before
0: he was fired okay so let's get the head a little bit because we have to talk about deep wang Uh, this was supposed to
1: be like deep throat right like conspiracy theory I want to take down well he literally
0: says that in the scene he he leans in and goes it's like deep throat get it
1: Oh, he said it's like Watergate, like Watergate.
0: Yeah. yeah. Deep throw. Deep Wang. Yeah. Deep
1: I, I'm not Wang. a fan of this actor at all. Like I like. I'm happy he's got a career, even though he was successful as a doctor before, but
0: <laughs> Now here's the thing. I know him first from community and I love community and he fits okay. into that. That's well fair. Enough, That's fair. Right? Yeah. I've right? not
1: watched that show,
0: but I, I got high praise i'm sure he's great in it like because in that he, he teaches spanish right he refers to himself as senior chang and it works like his shtick kind of works but he's the sort of guy who he gets you know typecast into these weird like quirky roles he, and,
1: yeah all the apatow films or like mm-hmm. the hangover movies like he's just impossible
0: to listen to <laughs> so you you put him in michael bay's transformers and what do you get you get this guy who he's introduced by just staring at Sam. He clearly knows who Sam is and he's like watching him like a hawk and he's uncomfortably close to other people as he's watching him. And he like grabs him in the elevator and says, I know who you are. And then there's some awkward, like, I don't know, like gay jokes because he's in the bathroom stall and like John Malkovich hears noises and he walks out with his like trousers down and it's, you know. Um,
1: Yeah, it's uh, hilarious.
0: Yeah. Like I wouldn't even say it crosses out your homophobic territory like that. It's just it's just not funny. It's just no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So but the, the reveal is is that he was like a he was working for Decepticons is that Soundwaves who's more like an actual like transformer in this one where he's actually walking around. He's got like a his pet bird Decepticon who goes around and like enlists humans to be their disciples and Ken Jung's character is one of those guys. So the big thing that gets Sam involved and, like, he's obsessed with Decepticons again is because this bird thing kills Ken Jeong at his workplace and then he sees, like, a bunch of action there. So, this is, like, I need to do something. I need to solve the problem. He, he tries to go to the Autobots to help and they don't let him in and this is where Francis McDormand's, like, you're, you're a civilian. You're not coming in here and, like, getting secrets and all that shit. You know, you go home. You're not important. Leave.
1: what we've been saying for the first two films (laughs) yeah this is the thing like see if he actually
0: was capable and he was like solving problems in the first two it'd be like yeah we we would see value in him we'd be like no no he's got experience that almost no one else does um you know and and literally the the, the stupid thing is as well all it would take would be Optimus to turn around and go no we want him as our liaison give him a job and they'd probably just do it (laughs) yeah probably like (laughs) they could you know,
1: set that ground
0: rule. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, no one's thought of that, apparently. I
1: also uh, forgot completely that uh, Transform- or Decepticons can also impersonate humans in the last movie, so I imagine if you were Sam Witwicky, you would be afraid of all people that you didn't really know, and all technology.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Instead, he just doesn't really seem to worry about people all that much, other than just thinking they're weird. <laughs> so anyway, his big plan to keep investigating is he needs the one man who he knows will help him get to the bottom of it. And who is that man? It's the man who was betrayed by his country who was on a mission to save it.
1: <laughs> Why is uh, he in a wheelchair?
0: Well, he's not in a wheelchair first. He gets injured uh, in the car scene. Oh,
1: okay. That's, he's in the wheelchair because that.
0: Yeah, he gets injured in the movie. Like So he's, he's walking mm-hmm. around to begin with. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. Never, yeah.
1: I- like, wait,
0: why is he in a wheelchair now? <laughs> yeah, he he uh he we get introduced to him, he's been interviewed on TV, and his personal assistant is Alan tudyk who's playing a German character who Dutch it, sorry? He's called Dutch. Oh, he's called Dutch. You're right. Okay, sorry. Or uh, he is Dutch. No, he's German. Okay. He said well, he said Dankeschön. I, I think that's only Germans that say that. <laughs> Maybe. Oh.
1: I don't know, they they refer to him as dutch i don't know if because he is or if because oh, no no,
0: his no, no. Name. no 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 his character's name is dutch i confirmed it as soon oh, as he okay. said it it's there but yeah uh now he you know he, Alan he's doing he's doing his overacting but he is a i know he's a funny guy i've seen him be funny in many things <laughs> uh so he's doing this over the top character they're all working together uh just before this goes anywhere meaningful Um. We get the John Malkovich scene where he comes over, you give him some paperwork on Ken Jung's character, and he just wants to come in and see a Transformer so he can shadow box with it. And then he lies on the floor and, like, giggles like he's got a cat jumping on top of him or something like that. <laughs> he's on the floor giggling, looking up at Bumblebee, like, oh, Bumblebee, I mean- he's so funny this is the last time you see him he just leaves the movie after this yeah 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 you're right it is yeah so what 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 What, what was the point of this scene i don't know but actually and on john Totoro, on uh what is he about is his name sector seven man mm-hmm. uh he like doesn't want to get involved for like five seconds because it, he treats it like it was an addiction that he got over like on you know being into like conspiracies and the like, aliens and secrets but then as soon as the phone's encrypted, he's just like, alright, I'm in. Like, that's it. It's just he's done.
1: <laughs> well it turns so, out he has another motivation too, because uh he and Francis McDormand have history.
0: yeah ha- well yes. Well when he sees her at the base, he says, and I quote, because she's walking in front of him. Uh this is later on though, because he's in a wheelchair already at this point. But he says That ass is unbelievable. Or,
1: so. Well, at least he's flirting with someone who's more age appropriate.
0: <laughs> and then she turns around and threatens him, says, "If you ever tell him about that one night at Quantico, I'll kill it. I'll, no, I'll break your heart." And then he goes, "You already did." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so Sam and tutorial like go invest they end up going to like the russian mob this is like such a wild scene that it, it's easy to forget because it's so early on and it's like it's almost not that important afterwards because all, all it's just a it's just a path to get information and mm-hmm. then once they have the information the plot can get going and that's it you forget about it but there's a whole scene here where it reveals that alan tudyk's character is secretly like John Wick or something? Yeah, because I was getting
1: like, major John Wick vibes, or like Born or something. Because he yeah. like he like oh. activates.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah. It actually, what's so funny is that he was in uh, a show called Dollhouse, right? It was a show that only lasted two seasons, and his character in that because that that show was about it putting in different personalities into the same people, right? So the dolls would basically be like a blank slate that you could put in different characters, and his whole character he was like the villain in that show and his thing was that he kind of snapped and he would kind of like switch between like 40 different personalities but one of them was this like really evil like vicious killer and i just there's a moment in this when he like sort of like he almost grins like evil like he's about to like i'm activating now it reminded me a lot of his character in that show just for a a split second Mm. and then he just like you know does a couple of hits, pulls out some guns, and like has them at gunpoint, and then he apologizes. Oh, that was the old me. It's not me anymore. And uh, all of this, all of this is just like it's just a lot of noise. It's a lot of things happening, all just to get to the point where someone says, "Here, here's some photos of when we were on the moon." <laughs> like, maybe
1: it's maybe it's just because uh, Michael Bay is adapting a cartoon that he likes, and he feels like everybody needs to be a cartoon <laughs> in this, but just the humans.
0: <laughs> i think it's a very presumptuous of you to assume that he has ever seen a single episode of the transformers cartoon
1: <laughs> maybe you're right <laughs>
0: keep it keep in mind when the cartoon was airing he was already probably in his 20s um maybe i don't know i could see
1: him yeah i guess
0: because he, he was
1: 20s or, or teens Late teens, yeah.
0: Because he was making, you know, he made, like, uh, music videos in the late 80s, so he had to have been. Yeah.
1: Well, Transformers was, like, really early
0: 80s, though, right? Okay, well, I mean, he was on the verge of adulthood, surely. Yeah,
1: maybe, maybe he did see some, and it's just like, this is a really cool show, and I like cool things. Uh,
0: mm,
1: I'll have to remember that for later.
0: I'm not convinced he cares about this brand. I think he gets paid a lot to make Transformers movies, and I think that's it.
1: <laughs> you don't think the first one was a passion project?
0: No, not not for him. He's he's just not a passion project guy. You know, just he he is the corporate like, like, just money director. That's who he is. That's who he's always been. Let's not pretend otherwise.
1: Yeah, I'm embarrassed for Steven Spielberg because he always puts his name on his name on this these films too. Yeah. Like the first thing that pops up after directed by is executive produced by Steven Spielberg.
0: So anyway, where are we on this uh, this plot train? So yes, basically the images reveal that they get from the Soviets that all these other rods to make this device work, which turns out to be a massive teleportation device, uh, the Decepticons already have most of them because there was hundreds and there was only a few found with Sentinel Prime. So, basically, Sam, through deduction, works out that Megatron's plan was for the Autobots to get Sentinel Prime. That they need Sentinel Prime to turn it on or something. So, the idea is that they're rushing to get back to the Autobots and base so that they can all protect Sentinel Prime from the Decepticons. Which actually gets us to our first big action set piece, uh, which is on the road to there, because some Decepticons end up being on the road with Sam and Co., uh bumblebees there and other autobots there there's like there's like a red autobot they've added called dick no something like that it was like a short name like that no? i did i don't
1: know that i caught any of the new names except for um there was not Soundwave. shockwave shockwave
0: that's that's the decepticon though no uh sideswipe was back um iron obviously back so was ratchet although i noticed they made ratchet green like he's the same looking other than the fact that he's now green instead of yellow but mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's because they finally realized maybe he shouldn't be the same color as bumblebee
1: yeah oh definitely
0: so yeah oh, it was and there's
1: something. some there's some autobots missing which i was grateful for
0: <laughs> oh yeah the, the the duo yes yes um I wonder if someone just told Bay, you're not having them back.
1: No more scrotums. No more <laughs> pe- peeing on John Turturro. Yeah. Oh, and uh, no more
0: problematic it, robots. Dino was the uh, the new Autobot, the red one. Mm. Um, oh, I did not know this. Sideswipe was voiced by James Remar? Interesting.
1: Okay. There was a, definitely a voice that I recognized, but I couldn't place it. Maybe it was that.
0: Uh, maybe. Um, he's got a pretty distinct voice, actually, but... Uh, yeah. So, so they're on their way back and we get this big scene where the Decepticons are attacking them in the car this is where John Turturro gets hurt because he gets yanked out the back of his car and he lands on the road so that's why he's in a wheelchair for the rest of the movie yeah. Uh, oh. the m- memorable thing of this scene is that at one point to dodge something Bumblebee has to like transform while Sam's inside him so he kind of throws him into the air and we get this slow motion shot of like, Sam like flying through the air is Bumblebee transforms and then grabs him again and transforms back into car form. Um (laughs) which kinda leads a cool shot. It it, it does kinda lead to one of my problems though, is that because everything's moving so fast, despite the fact that the movie's so long, it still has to like rush certain things. And one of the moments it rushes is like Sam's like reaction to just going through that because you get like two seconds of him just looking like <gasps> in the car and then immediately the next shot it cuts to him and he's like, Come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. And I'm like, Oh, he got over that quick
1: <laughs> I did appreciate that he was he was screaming like he was about to die still, at least, when he was in the car again.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying it needs to go that long, but it lasts like two seconds and cuts, and then it seems like he's normal in the very next shot. Absolutely. I, I'm 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 just saying <laughs> an extra few seconds of him just sort of like like you know breathing like yeah
1: thinking he was about to eat asphalt
0: (laughs) (laughs) just just a a little something that's (laughs) that's all all we're asking um it was interesting is that for the first time in three movies despite the fact that he's been there and there's a reason why for this obviously we're about to get to but Ironhide actually gets a cool scene where he gets to Mm -hmm. like be a badass for a second there's a scene where him sideswiping two Decepticons get into a, effectively a Mexican standoff where they're all pointing guns at each other. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they all put their guns down, but then the Decepticons are sneaky. They're sneaky villains and they pull out some extra weapons from their back and uh sideswipe has to kick a gun up to Ironhide and Ironhide, you know, executes them basically. So, um, but of course, the reason why they give him this moment is so that you might care a little bit and like, 30 seconds when he dies <laughs> because out of nowhere the big twist of this movie is that sentinel prime was switching sides he was going to make a deal with megatron <laughs> he's actually a villain and he shoots Ironhead in the back killing him and then steals all the rods to go and finish the plan with megatron mm-hmm. leonard nimoy's character is a, an op, a, a, a betrayal an autobot that went bad yep
1: well we had the, the, the Decepticon that went good in the last film, so That's true. A, Subversion a
0: of that. And this. the and the little one that switched sides and the last one's still here. He's still a mm-hmm. comedy character that's occasionally Yeah, I, around. But I
1: think he's voiced by a different
0: actor. It might be. Although it sounded different. It's well he sounded kinda like him when it was him talking. I think the other one talked a lot more, so maybe you're thinking of that. But you maybe. could be right. Maybe it is a different voice as well. But uh, that that's just where the plot actually kind of starts though like okay things are actually happening yeah but it's
1: just fighting there's <laughs> so much fighting
0: no I don't disagree <laughs> but the first hour before this is nothing but freaking padding yeah like it, 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 at least the actual reason we're here for the movie starts happening at this point you know there's actually a threat and there's like a, a because this is the thing before this point like other than the Decepticon that's going around killing people that were working with them like, Megatron is just sitting in the desert, just going, Yes, everything's got your plan. Like, we don't really know what's going on yet. So, there's no, like, clear villain for a while. It's kind of weird.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So, yes. Uh, they bring in more Decepticons. He, he sets up the rods and just a little teleporter for now to bring in some reinforcements. Uh, Megatron, like, destroys the Lincoln statue and st- sits in it instead. <laughs> Symbolism, everyone. Mm-hmm. But you love symbolism. So good. Just uh, like
1: the end of that Planet of the Apes movie.
0: <laughs> Not the good one.
1: That's what i always think of when I see that statue.
0: Uh,
1: just, uh, just Tim Ross um yeah. chimp head.
0: <laughs> there's a there's a whole scene here where Optimus like gets to him and like fights him a little bit and is like how could you do this, Sentinel? <laughs> and all that stuff. And Sentinel's like, you're lucky I don't kill you, but this is what, what needs to happen to save Cybertron and save yeah, the, they had, the they world. Yeah, they have to
1: work with the Decepticons in order to save. Because he doesn't care about humans, he just cares about... I, I guess, like, originally, his uh, his he was built to to just try to find resources on other planets, which is what the Decepticons did, right? Like, they would go to different planets to find resources, but... They would they wouldn't care if it was already occupied by other species. And the Autobots are like, no, that's a rule we don't break. It's a line we don't cross.
0: Yeah, well that was the primes at the start of the last one, right? It was like the primes go to different planets and use their machine to eat the sun. But if there's living people yes. or whatever on the planets, they wouldn't do it.
1: Well that's what this like teleportation thing is
0: also designed for, is to transport resources.
1: But instead he's using it to bring planet to us
0: (laughs) yeah cybertron's coming to earth uh i was making me think of moonfall for like 30 seconds but yeah me too the planet was coming to earth i was like oh god
1: yeah i hate it when movies make you think of better movies
0: debatable (laughs) (laughs) that's debatable right there moonfall's a good movie oh no 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 no. uh so (laughs) yeah so that's the that's the big thing here and uh the decepticons and sentinel prime are going to turn on everything and they basically say look we're going to kill everyone Uh, we're going to take some resources then leave but we won't hurt anyone but only if you send away the autobots so our big thing in the middle plot wise is that the ship that apparently bought the second wave of Autobots, which they never answered in the second movie, and I guess it's because we didn't really feel like it made, we needed an answer, but they give us like a, a reason here. It's like, oh, yeah, there was a ship that came down with a second batch of Autobots. Okay. For reasons. Uh, <laughs> so they're going to be launched away, and obviously they're not really going to be launched away, because otherwise, where would the movie go? But
1: but Sam keeps asking Optimus. like, But there's a plan, right?
0: No. well i was going to get to that because there's a reason why he keeps asking that which is separate plot but uh the autobots it looks like they get shot out of the sky and they're all dead but obviously they're not uh so that's kind of like what the transformer side of the, the human side of things during this part of the movie is that it turns out patrick dempsey is working with the decepticons What? His father worked at NASA and was working with Decepticon since the 60s, apparently, or some shit. Wow. Uh, and he kidnaps... So he, Actually, we never even mentioned this, but earlier in the movie, he gave Carly a car, like a $200,000 car, which obviously makes Sam get all jealous <laughs> and weird. Is like, just giving my girlfriend a $200,000 car like that. A <laughs>
1: car. I have one of those.
0: <laughs> did it cost 200 grand? No, it's a Tesla, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Like, all the equal employees all got the same car, right? Yes. There you go. See? No favoritism.
1: No, but I am the favorite. It's a woman-owned company. I don't
0: care. <laughs> oh, oh, fair enough. All right. I have to uh, be the
1: favorite. I'm the coolest. I do a podcast.
0: I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, just imagine how uncool the rest of the workers at your job must be. <laughs> Yeah, they're pretty uncool. For that statement to hold true.
1: <laughs> they don't even know who Red Brown is.
0: <gasps> Shocking. Shocking statement. Happy prepared.
1: birthday, Red Brown.
0: Oh, that's right. We're, re- we're recording this on the day of Red Brown's birthday. So, uh, Cheese McHardnut. Uh, happy birthday.
1: <laughs> Take McHardnut fast.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so basically they they kidnap her because her car turns out to be a decepticon and like traps her and then sam is giving this like transformer watch that is a little decepticon that'll record anything he does or says because they want to basically use him as a mole to try and find out what's going to happen with the autobots
1: and they want shia labeouf to do the acting thing again where he's his brain's being taken over but he's still trying to act normal
0: yeah, he's, he's like throwing himself over tables. He's touching like extras on the head and all sorts of weird things. And Joe is you know so annoying about this is they set up this massive plot point where they're going to force Sam to be a mole for them and it amounts to nothing.
1: Nothing, yeah.
0: Because all that happens is is that once Optimus says, no, there's no plan, we're just leaving because that's what they want. That's what the humans want us to do. So we're going to accept it and leave. The watch just goes away and there's like, there's never like a big reveal. Like Sam never even has to tell them later on. Oh, by the way, I was like being used like against my will to like spy on you earlier. Like it never comes yep. up because nothing meaningful happens because of it.
1: Nope. Yep. That's his movie for you.
0: L- like. I,
1: th- I tr- swear, I think it's just because they wanted to have uh, Shia LaBeouf do his acting thing.
0: It's just, it's maddening to me that you set up this entire plot idea which is supposed to exist in most movies you would do something like this because you want drama later on when the other good guys think that he's bad because he's doing some shady shit but then ultimately realize oh no he was forced into it against his will like there's supposed to be beats of drama that go along with all these things
1: the only thing that kind of reflects that is that dr mcdreamy is also under the influence of like, because he's saying, like, it's not my fault. I was born into this. My father did it. Now I have to do it. Like, they're telling us that we have to. We're working with the Decepticons because we have no other choice. Which is kind of a lie because, you know, he's living pretty lavishly. He's
0: full of shit, yeah. He's yeah. just saying that.
1: But, like, but... that's the only thing that kind of, you know, falls in line with what Sam has to go through here. Because they have his girlfriend hostage.
0: But, it, like not, like, I can't believe how little this means to the rest of the movie. Nothing... Literally nothing happens as a result of him being forced to do this. Yep. It has no effect on anything. It is just wasted time.
1: Yep. Now there's a damsel in distress, I
0: guess. Yeah. The only important thing here is that his girlfriend's kidnapped because obviously that's going to be a motivator Wish later on. Done
1: without the whole yeah
0: thing. But <laughs> do you, do you, actually, do you know what it is? It's just to explain why they let him go. Because why would they let him go otherwise? Why wouldn't they just kill him or, or keep him captive as well?
1: yeah i don't know
0: it makes no but sense I mean, yeah so it feels like the only the, the, it feels like it was written just to justify why they let him go back to everyone else
1: yep it's all
0: stupid. right <laughs> that's that's the only reason i can kind of offer you
1: uh, I, I mean i wish i could say more but it's just it's, stupid. <laughs> it's a stupid movie <laughs>
0: So I actually thought, because so, we see Josh DeMille's character just sort of around the base, talking to Optimus and Francis McDormand before this. Um, and I thought, oh, maybe uh, Tyrese Gibson's not here again. Maybe he left before this one. But he shows up at the, the just before the Autobots leave the planet. He's been working at this like shuttle launch place because he retired from the Air Force or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, oh, okay. And this is a thing because after this sam's like i'm going to go to chicago because chicago turns into a war zone it turns into no man's land it turns into decepticons have taken chicago they're killing people in the streets they're using that as their base to like do their massive teleporter thing to bring in you know the blue beam of light that will bring down <laughs> uh cybertron <laughs> yeah. all that shit and sam's like i want to go into chicago and save my girlfriend and Epps, Tyrese gibson's character's like yeah, they just killed the Autobots, and they were my friends too, so I'm coming with you. And he basically <laughs> just forms a team of, like, people he knew in the military. All of them who are just red shirts that we've never seen before, obviously. Yep. And it's like, this is our team getting into the city to try and, like, save her. And up until this point, like, other than just being, like, mad at Sam for being obsessed with wanting to be important, and when she's, like, just be my boyfriend, like... How much of a character would you say Carly actually has? Uh,
1: um, nothing. <laughs> no, I can't. No, nope. Nothing comes to mind.
0: I don't know. Two ass cheeks, I guess. That's I'd yeah. an I mean, we got
1: the butts. Uh, we got the, the cleavage in a really tight dress. Uh, when someone's talking about a woman car and, um, legs.
0: Bottle eggs, yep. Like the the entire motivator is to, for his character to get this last act is to go and get her. And it's so hopeless. And obviously they're about to die from this sleep. You know, there's a so basically there's a bunch of ships flying around at the Septic I actually thought they were just Transformers themselves, but it turns out there's actually Transformers piloting these ships. Uh and one's about to kill them all just as they're entering the city, and that's mm-hmm. when Uh, it gets shot by a big cannon or something then the big entrance optimus and it's like oh we just wanted them to think we were leaving so that you know they would let our guard down and of course we're going to stay and fight
1: i didn't i didn't think of it at the time but it is kind of wild that they would have machines that they would drive
0: yep i don't know what
1: (laughs) (laughs) they could become transport vehicles they could
0: literally just do i mean i guess it's because they have bigger cannons i guess you know it's it's the weaponry more than anything or you? is it a
1: transformer that they can fit another transformer
0: into <laughs> no, i that's... used to have
1: the the micro machines that you would open it up and then a smaller micro machine would come out
0: i don't know that feels weirdly sexual to me i don't think that's uh that's not okay <laughs> well that's not how they per- create it's, they use all sparks <laughs> they use all sparks. yes Iron john <laughs> just turns things into living sentient robots I uh, was funny actually is that the big ship that's flying around at these little ships like dock into looks a lot like the uh the big alien and avengers the one that flies yeah. around the city very similar yeah, in design actually that, that yeah. was
1: 2009 or 10
0: 12 that was that was after 12. this it was after this oh okay yeah. only one year so that would have already been shot by the time this came out but
1: that is a problem that we've kind of had with the, a lot of sci-fi movies in the last decade or two is that a lot of a lot of concept designs kind of blur mm-hmm. together you know, there's not a lot of original stuff that we praise anymore, like original-looking aliens or monsters or ship designs and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I will say get into this, you know, because this is from the till the end is just that your extended war action stuff, right? I will praise a couple things here, especially in comparison to the last one. There's a couple of cool individual moments that we'll point out, uh, you know, and maybe those are relatively subjective. But I will say, in a broad sense, that at least I feel like there's more individual set pieces in this, like hour, mm-hmm. versus because I feel like the last one it was just running in the desert, dodging explosions for like, the whole time. Whereas this, I can think of like individual, like a good five or six different like set piece moments that were all different.
1: Yes, yeah, we're not bouncing around too many places, which is good. And and once we're in Chicago, we we just stay there. Yeah. But and I when we first get there too, and we're getting like the the war footage that's happening in chicago it's it's done kind of neat where it's almost like a montage but it's like a music video montage where things fade in and out of black almost like you're watching a trailer for for the movie that you're watching in the middle of the movie but i thought at least it was a neat you know directing point which is not a thing that i usually say with michael bay
0: yeah so like obviously there's a lot of of sneaking around to begin with uh and shock waves around so he ends up like separating optimus from his trailer uh but optimus like eventually fights him i I think obviously the first big the big first big goal is that okay so sentinel prime's got these four rods he's got well he's got hundreds of rods around the site, but he's got four in the the building that he's on that are like the control rods and it's like if we take out one of those it'll stop the thing so sam with his group are like hey can we shoot down one of those rods we've got one rocket launcher that we've got from like some old military tech or whatever let's go and Do that. So that's the goal. And that's all fine. Okay. Let's go up to this this floor in this tall building so we've got a line of sight and let's shoot Mm -hmm. the thing. They've got a clear goal, which I respect. It's under easy to understand. And they're climbing up. Don't get me wrong, I still wish it wasn't like so quickly cut and stuff. There's still things to critique as far as like how it's directed, but at least I understand the goal. I understand the purpose. I wish I was watching Transformers instead, but at least from a (laughs) principles perspective, it's set up a goal and they're trying to achieve it. So I understand
1: exactly what the human's role is in this, unlike the last two. Yes. Like, the last two big end set piece fights.
0: So, and, you know, the third act does feel bigger, because, like, the Decepticons have taken a whole city siege, effectively, which is bigger than the last two. Like, you can't deny that that's a bigger stakes kind of thing. Yeah. And Chicago, which is, you know, not one that we've seen before. Which is neat. Yeah, yeah.
1: Chicago's a huge city that doesn't always get shown in movies. It's always New Yorker maybe even la but usually new york
0: (laughs) i mean i i always recognize the bridges over the water which you do see in this movie as well ever since Batman begins i always recognize those bridges (laughs) oh yeah yeah uh i lived
1: outside of chicago for a little bit yeah it it is when you walk around you're like "Ooh, i'm in gotham
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so they they do that but the big thing that happens is that sound wave starts like uh like basically it's circling around the middle of this building and it's making it like sort of break in half and it's like tipping over and it's actually it's a relatively fun set piece where mm-hmm. they start to slide they're trying to hide and they've got their backs to the pillars inside but then when the decepticon sees them they all start falling and whatnot
1: you know what it reminded me of it, this came later also but it reminded me of the end of the last uh or the first spider-man game for the playstation 4 which sort of took place on the side of a skyscraper that was falling
0: (laughs) actually the thing it reminded me of which did become before uh, 2009 was there's a set piece like this in Uncharted 2 where you're in like a building that's tipping over Mm. and you're actually fighting and like as it's starting to go slanty i guess yeah
1: it's a video game premise then that we're reminded of
0: (laughs) uh but you know there's like a whole big thing which is it's very over the top and that everything feels over the top in this where they end up like sliding down the glass on the outside of the building Mm -hmm. and it's like this is absurd like how (laughs) how high up you are (laughs) but they shoot the glass they fall into uh like another floor so they don't fall to their deaths, um and you know, it's, honestly, it's a simple fun... It, this stuck out to me as being, like, a proper set piece for the humans yeah, more definitely. than anything in the last movie. Because it was actually... Okay, I understand the simple... Obviously, I'm not saying it's realistic in how it handles all this stuff, but at least no. I understand the broad physics <laughs> of be. what it's doing, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but Optimus... Was, would have been
1: hit by an I-beam, like, way long before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't think that's the only problem. I think there's more down-to-earth, <laughs> like, problems with it, but... Oh, sure yeah like so optimus flies in with his jetpack and like takes on uh shockwave and has a good fight with him uh good being a relative word here (laughs) 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 i I just mean good as in that it's lengthy and there's a lot to it rather than just you know quick boom uh but he actually ends up tangled up so he's like he's like out of the fight for a while just like like tangled up but this is one of the points where i said. The humans are in trouble until the end of the scene where either Optimus or Bumblebee will show up and save them. Like, this was the one of the first examples. That, well, not the first, but it's the first example where I started noticing notice it was a trend in this movie. Mm-hmm. But he gets tangled up in a bunch of bridge cables or something. So he's, like, out of the action for, like, a good half an hour whilst all this other shit's going on. Yeah. but Because there's a there's a, a scene where uh, Starscream starts attacking the humans uh, when they're on their own. And that's uh, an interesting little sequence, because it's like they have to fight a Decepticon without any Autobots for help.
1: Yep. I noticed, because I was like, where are all the Autobots when I'm building my dresser? (laughs) (laughs) Which looks great, by the way.
0: Uh, Sure, sure. Uh, It was
1: a long enough movie that I was able to finish it.
0: I mean... Like it's all fine. I mean, they—I mean—they definitely want to have give Sam more to do. So he's like jumping on Starstream's head and he's dangling from his his eye. I do think it's interesting that that other Autobot gave him like a weird grappling hook thing that would fit perfectly on a human hand. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that it just feels out of nowhere that you built this thing for a human. But okay.
1: Well, I mean, they were working with the American military, so maybe they
0: were trying to. Build yeah, no, nah, true, true uh it just it feels like we've never seen them like give anything designed for a human before so it's just mm-hmm. it, it stuck out it's just an out of nowhere plot point but uh yeah eventually they blow up starstream's head so he does die um although bumblebee does shop right at the end to catch sam from falling to his death because when when starstream like dies he dies like up at the edge of a roof so sam falls and uh so there's a slow motion moment of bumblebee jumping out to grab him so again they're, humans are on their own, they're in a lot of danger, and just at the end, just to save them at the last second, in swoops a, an Autobot. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a very formulaic thing that happens in this movie, in the last yeah. chunk. Uh, next big set piece is probably where all the Autobots, except Optimus, who's still tangled up <laughs> in some cables, are all like held captive. Like The Decepticons have basically won the fight, so all the Autobots are like, on their knees with their hands behind their heads. And it then, looks
1: like we're going to lose Bumblebee.
0: Well, they execute the like the older English one first, uh, and I say old just 'cause he he's meant to look and sound like an old man, obviously he's just yeah. old oh, but but
1: i I thought it was the Scottish one at first, and I was like, no, not the not the Peter one, and then uh it turns out I just don't know accents all on that well.
0: <laughs> no, it was not the Scottish one uh, yeah, <laughs> not the uh, Peter bot yeah bumblebee's all all ready to die he's got the gun to the back of his head uh but uh this is what actually this is the two little robots have like found their way onto the big ship and they start pulling out cables so all these like parts of the ship start falling onto the decepticons mm-hmm. and that gives the autobots a chance to fight back and big fight breaks out and then eventually at the end of this optimus comes swooping in and has his big slow motion like shot where he takes out all the decepticons on his own because he's you know the badass he's prime He's, he's the hero, he's the super one, he's all that stuff. And somewhere around all this, with the teleporters, like, really gearing up to, like, start praying in Cybertron, Leonard Nimoy says a familiar line. Yes, he does. <laughs> Go on, describe your thoughts and feelings. I'm um, describing the a needs lot of The sh- many
1: outweigh the needs of the few.
0: Well, that's the line, that's not describing your feelings, but I, I, I've been describing a lot of ship plot points here tara come on <laughs> give me something
1: well uh he says it as a way to justify why he's uh, gone over to the decepticons or at least working with them um but yeah i just i just i just like i just like it because <laughs> it's so blatant like what they're doing it's like we got Leonard nimoy and just in case you forget like every 20 minutes we'll do a star trek reference um including like his most famous line other than uh, live long and prosper.
0: <laughs> yeah, but how could, like, even they knew they couldn't fit that in without it yeah. sounding really out of place.
1: <laughs> Unless he, like, goes back to being good or something at the end and then they do a thing, but, like, even still. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just embarrassed for. I'm glad you don't see Leonard Nimoy. You just hear him. And he's mm-hmm. doing, like, kind of an awesome voice, actually, for the character. But um, it's just reference for the sake of reference stupid i think we, we it, understand like why he's he made the decision to go like if he's more concerned about saving cybertron than than earth then yeah okay it makes sense you know you don't need to add
0: the need to the many i mean he's general zod basically from superman that's the fact way he is yeah. uh what so here's my thing actually and this is a, a genuine problem i think for the movie is i think both megatron and Sentinel Prime feel like they don't really get enough to do like like Literally the entire last act until they get into a fight with Optimus, Sentinel's just on top of this building occasionally saying something. I I feel like Shockwave is the one that's actually presented as the big threat and feels like a big threat. Mm -hmm. And it feels like a big deal when he's taken out. The other two who are supposed to be the main bad guys, and specifically Sentinel, because at least Megatron obviously is back from the previous two, and you know, we don't need to establish you him really in You really didn't way.
1: need to have Megatron in the film, though.
0: You didn't really. Uh, it does lead to a scene, though, that I thought was laughably quite funny, which is that Carly just decides to have a chat with Megatron <laughs> to convince <laughs> him to like, go against Sentinel Prime. <laughs> she goes over and is like, Hey, isn't it a shame that you're going to work for him? you're going to be sentinel prime's bitch see she's like, not
1: just tna <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's it's so, uh it's so stupid though because like he, he's he's about to grab her and then he stops when she says that and all i could think was okay you can still like be convinced by what she said but then still just squatter like a fly before you get up like yep. why 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 would you stop why would you why would that stop you from killing her
1: thank you puny human
0: yeah yeah just flick her away <laughs> like why not <laughs> maybe she's made of
1: meat like just yeah (laughs) and you're made of metal
0: (laughs) maybe this would have been more i mean i wouldn't say it'd be believable but maybe it would have been more believable if this was still megan fox because at least she's been around these things like multiple times now that we could maybe buy she has the balls to do this exactly
1: yeah like she would and and she's been around megatron before so yeah it would make Uh, sense that she would have uh she would be able to go face to face with them
0: Whereas this woman in this movie has been nothing but a hostage, <laughs> and has not been useful at all, or but...
1: having John Malkovich check her out when she yeah. bends over.
0: Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. We been not even talk about that scene where she goes to visit Sam at work, and John Malkovich just pervs on her. He's like, "Oh, who is this? A cousin? Uh, yeah. A sister? He's he used to like, hold
1: her... John Turturro on her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Really weird scene." Uh, other set pieces here is obviously the uh is josh and melanie's team coming down the wingsuits so we can get a, a bit of you know military like propaganda
1: i guess i don't know that this is the thing military does this is more of like a hobbyist thing Through <laughs> <doing> the wingsuits
0: <laughs> i felt like it's funny because i feel like it wasn't as heavy in the first half of the movie but in the back half it did sort of feel like it was bringing in the military stuff a bit more where it was like see, Luke, our, our troops are so good that they took their Decepticon, you know, mm-hmm. without the Autobots, which oh. I can't, I, I kind of respect in a way, because I'm like, yeah, you know, it makes sense that maybe, like, a way you build tension is have, you no, know, can the humans take down one on their own without the Autobots? That actually sounds like a cool scene. But it would be nice if it wasn't just because Sam got a magic weapon from the Autobots. You know, it'd be cool if it was actually outsmarting Starscream by, I don't know, like, I'm thinking You're working like, uh, as a
1: team, like, working as a unit. I'm, I'm the
0: military, military unit <laughs> well no because we don't know the military though There are a bunch of no, no no, names like I'm thinking it has to be a character we care about that's the, the head of doing it right but unlike in this movie where Sam just has a magic couple of weapons that he got from an autobot because he, he literally gets like a, a Cybertron like bomb and like a grappling thing from an autobot <laughs> yeah. and it's like okay fine but like there's nothing satisfying about this because you've just introduced these things so he can use them in the next couple of scenes like imagine it was more like um obviously it's bigger in scale but think like think like terminator right where oh these things are unkillable but oh we could, if we lure the t1000 into the right place we can do something that will kill them, right mm-hmm. and if they set up at the, the back of the next like a weak point if you like you know if you get a nice shotgun blast in there it'll actually do some serious damage because it exposes some weak points maybe you i don't know you have like him waiting at the right spot behind Cause they set up while well, we were training them to do this earlier so you have maybe josh damelle on top of a building so when starscream turns around boom he gets the weak spot they've, they've done it you know they've, they've used the things that they've set up to take him down yes it'd be more well, satisfying
1: yeah i agree i mean there was a little bit of like there's a moment at least where i was like oh i'm glad that the humans are actually doing something in this Uh, And during this fight where they feel kind of useful, where they're like dropping bombs and like the foot of like grenades in the, the feet of the Decepticons, which Uh is kind of cool because this are, I mean, the transformers are kind of like Kaiju. They're so massive and humans are basically bugs to them. They're like maybe not ants, you know, they're, they're massive and they're made of metal. Like there's, you can't go one-on-one with a, with a machine like that. So the, the only, like, thing you can really do is hope that they're distracted by fighting each other, that you can do, like, little tricks and stuff to trip them or to to actually be like, oh, no, we are still a threat to to them, you know, by, you know, going after the feet, like, in that one scene. So I just, I, mean, I, I like that there was something there, at least.
0: I, I guess, like, I almost wanted to feel like a horror movie, almost. Like, if a, human, if a couple of humans have to take on a Decepticon on their own, it should feel more like a horror movie. Like you say, taking down a monster. Yeah. as opposed to like an action scene between two equally equipped you know beings effectively so
1: yeah no you know, i think it, they should use traps and and little yeah. like tricks like going after the ankles
0: <laughs> you know? yeah i i guess more tactics <laughs> would be cool yeah you know uh but I guess it's also conflicting, though, because I think, like you say, we're kind of thinking at this point, like, where the hell are the Autobots? Like, I want to see the Autobots. <laughs> so so you're kind of conflicting because you're like, okay, it makes sense in, to do some drama by having humans face a Decepticon on their own, but you're also doing it at a time when I feel deprived of the Autobots <laughs> as, as a viewer as well. So I'm getting these mixed, like, I don't know how you feel now. They're mm-hmm. both kind of clashing uh, each other.
1: Although I, just, I did just think of a, a kind of a neat Transformer film if you have, like, a Decepticon, like, if you're, if you're like, trapped in a house and it turns out your television is a Decepticon and you have to, like, try to defeat it with only your household items and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a cool horror movie. I'd watch yeah. that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's probably more of a human-sized Decepticon because it's, it's just transforming into a TV.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, you could be, like, trapped somewhere and there's a... De- but, yeah, I don't know. A large robot would be... Harder. This, is, this would be more of like a hardware movie or like
0: uh demon seed
1: demon seed <laughs> that's a great movie hardware is pretty good or um or even just terminator like the first terminator
0: yeah yeah so yeah so eventually yeah obviously uh the the pillar comes down with the thing in it uh Patrick Dempsey goes to turn it back on and fight Sam there's some there's some obvious stunt double for Sam at one point actually you can kind of see yeah. it's not Shia LaBeouf but they're fighting each other and he eventually kicks Dempsey into the pillar thing and mm-hmm. he gets like electrocuted from that and I'm like did Sam just kill a dude <laughs> it seems like he may have <laughs> uh yeah uh but yeah like, so there's all this going on um but ultimately it's uh, bumblebee who like destroys that and then it just becomes sentinel prime is fighting optimus and because carly has had this little chat with megatron like hey you're going to be his bitch you might want to deal with that um and to be fair there was a scene earlier on where sentinel prime like grabs megatron by the head and he's like i will never work for you you'll be under me you know so it it did at least establish that that's what the hierarchy is going to be Mm -hmm. uh megatron comes in and shoots sentinel prime in the back a couple times uh right after he rips off uh optimus prime's arm actually optimus prime loses his arm uh and he's a robot so i'm sure it'll just be reattached next time in fact i'm pretty sure it is <laughs> but
1: does he get a sword in the next one i remember that on
0: the poster no i think that's, that's the one i've not seen that's because the fifth one is the king arthur looking one
1: oh okay okay
0: yeah the last night uh but yeah, this is where this is where you get the badass line Right, because they've done this thing in the last movie as well, in this one. It's the one one of the few interesting things in the last one is that they turned Optimus Prime into this sort of stone-cold killer when the time comes for it, where uh, Megatron, after... He's not quite killed Sentinel yet, because Optimus still does that afterwards, but he's he's put down Sentinel he's like, Optimus, let's come to an agreement. You need me. Uh, what would you be without me? And Optimus is just like time to find out and then just like gets up and just rips out his head and spleen it is it's actually kind of glorious as a moment it is and then sentinel's like begging optimus uh and optimus like not today and just like point blanks him in the face with his big cannon (laughs) and honestly what's funny is i remember thinking this at the time i'd forgotten about it but it it clicked when it happened here is how quickly this movie goes to credits when this battle's over i was grateful I mean, I was grateful, but it is unnaturally quick. Like, Sam hugs Carly, Optimus says one line, and then credits... (laughs) There's there's a mid-credit scene, sure, but, like, yeah. Uh, Where Totoro sexually assaults Francis McDormand and then says, it was worth it, arrest me, take me in. (laughs) Which is, uh, you know...
1: Does that come back into play in the next movie? Is she back and she's with Totoro? I don't
0: think either of them are back. I mean, at least I don't remember them being back.
1: So the next one is the Mark Wahlberg one? Yeah,
0: next one's Mark Wahlberg. Okay. I don't think any of the humans are back. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't remember them, though. I
1: mean, honestly, I could use a reset from all these characters.
0: That's fair. That's totally fair. Um... Yeah, I mean there's some things we didn't mention, like, you know, Alan tudyk turns out to be like an expert hacker as well, cause he's like hacking into like the
1: Who does he think he is? Neil Breen.
0: <laughs> he's hacking into like the bridge systems and like lowering bridges in the city for the for the for the humans to get across and things like that. Just there's little things like that. It's so it's so wild though, because I was sort of going, like, you've given him this different skill set so he's got something to do. John Totoro has nothing to do for this last act. Francis McDormand has nothing to do with this last night. Uh, Well, they can't
1: make John Turturro competent
0: in anything. No. Malkiewicz is just gone. They don't even have him around talking anymore. Uh, The parents are gone. Like, there's so many characters in the first half of this movie that are just not useful or not even there in the second half, which just (laughs) makes makes you go, why did you even bother (laughs) spending all the time with these characters in the first place? We didn't need them. (laughs) For the laughs. (laughs) like you think back to like ken jong like taking his trousers off and like yelling at shia LaBeouf in like a bathroom like an hour and a half ago and you think i feel like i've been through a war since then like all this feels feels eons ago remember when the mom was talking about shia's big dick that was that that was like a decade ago at this point oh god (laughs) sorry what you said i was rambling still about at the time
1: i was wondering if the ken jong scenes were improvised they feel kind of improvised like they really try hard to be funny Uh, a lot of of bad improv like goes into like oh it's funny because it's gay or it's Uh, funny because it's inappropriate or stuff like that
0: uh, he also has that stupid one actually when the decepticon threatens him he pulls out two handguns that he's got under his desk at his like tech job and Mm -hmm. he sort of points them both at the camera like like he's like some stupid badass i don't know like that felt like a really juvenile Michael Bay moment. Like I was, yeah. I was cringing at that. Um, this movie's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not as embarrassing as the last one, and I suppose It's the, not.
1: It's definitely a step up. The the one like a step.
0: <laughs> I guess the one thing I'll say as well is that the embarrassing humor mostly goes away once it turns into a war movie. Yeah. Right. No, I
1: agree. That the, there's no uh, scrotum.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no uh that's that's true but (laughs) but obviously the second half has a lot of its own problems don't get me wrong it's not like it turns into a good movie uh but that said though despite everything we've said about it it's still clearly better than the last one it's not even Mm -hmm. a question
1: no i i agree (laughs) there's
0: arguably the the last one is really hard to watch and there's arguably things about it that are better than the first one probably not as a whole but there's maybe individual things like there's probably some better fight scenes than that were in the first one i would say
1: no i I think he definitely took notes you know at least heard some of the feedback or was given feedback from producers or whatever yeah like you really need to clean this up
0: it's, i mean it's not as good as it should be or as fun as it could be but it is better yes and that's a very contextual word better
1: <laughs> yes the camera is at least still in a lot of points which i just i appreciate so much
0: because
1: <clears throat> I, I couldn't handle another sweaty spinny mess <laughs> that's two and a half hours long
0: yeah yeah although i suppose the one thing is if this was still michaela imagine her being kidnapped and being the damsel for like half the movie that would feel kind of yeah, weird that
1: would be disappointing they may maybe they wouldn't have done that maybe. but least not the same because uh, she would be skeptical if she got a two hundred thousand dollar car, she'd be like, "I wonder if this car is like a transformer."
0: Honestly, Sam actually has a good line where he says, "That sell it and buy a house." That's actually a good yeah, bit of advice. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you got a 200... the
1: place they live in looks amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, she is earning a lot of money <laughs> at this <Yeah>. job. <laughs> like. 'Cause I live in Washington DC as well, which I mm-hmm. kinda imagine is a ch- a cheap place to have an apartment like that. Oh, I mean
1: it is not. I have a friend who uh who does own a, a brownstone up there and um mm. I, I can't imagine what they paid for it.
0: Like I'm sure, I mean don't get me wrong. a I, 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 I loft apartment that looks like this I'm sure is expensive anywhere, but I can't I have to imagine that in a city like Washington DC it's probably you know, it's got the Washington tax on it as well. <laughs> uh so yeah. But, you know that's is uh, that's what michael b is though he's a he's a director who wants every location to look lavish everything to look as cool as possible every babe to be as hot as she can be and every male character to be as quirky and as perverted as possible that is his mo and it's still true in this movie so yep
1: yep it's annoying embarrassing
0: <laughs> this is true uh and also just a shout out uh Buzz Aldrin get a cameo where he shows up to talk to Optimus Prime about what we saw in the moon.
1: Again, just so embarrassing. And, <laughs> and he is kind of a, you know, he he had some social media problems <laughs> before the end. Did
0: he? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's always so funny about this scene though is that he comes in and he's like, "Oh, from what, as one space traveler to another, it's an honor." And then Optimus goes, "No, the honor is all mine." And I get why they're doing that in a meta sense because they want to say that to Buzz Aldrin, but it felt really. Optimus Prime was just pissed off that the humans knew something about like the Transformers that they lied about. Yes. And and it felt so a character. Buzz in the moment Aldrin for him to say was that.
1: there for it,
0: and he's like, "The honor is mine." <laughs> why? Why is that an honor for you, Optimus? <laughs> why? I don't understand why it's an honor for you. You're mad at these people right now.
1: Yes, and Earth's history means nothing to you. <laughs> <laughs> that does except for the parts where the transformers are involved
0: i mean no, like i would get it like see if you removed him being pissed about all this right i could see okay they've been learning about earth's history and because you know they're space travelers themselves maybe they would respect nasa they'd respect like, the moon landing it's an whatever. honor to
1: meet the second man on the moon <laughs> <laughs> really rub it in there because he's really upset
0: <laughs> you're the second best astronaut that nasa has to offer like the and then Buzz is just like that prick Neil
1: <laughs> first to land, first to die. <laughs> Buzz did outlive him.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's still about that. Take it. <laughs> yeah that that that's what's on his gravestone. It's just uh, Neil landed first, but he also died first. Though I had the last laugh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Who knows was what, going on with Michael Collins? <laughs> Technically the third guy there, but like... <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what his deal is. Or... He's probably not alive anymore. But...
0: Probably not. But it, it's kind of a shame that the person who's in the, the thing... Someone doesn't had to
1: drive. Yeah. Doesn't
0: get the recognition, even though he is arguably more important to the whole thing. But just because he didn't put his foot on the moon, he's not allowed to take any of the, the fame or credit that the other yeah. two get. I didn't even know his name. You, I mean, you, I'm impressed you did, because I didn't.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's his name. I was really into that stuff when I was a kid.
0: Not sure, yeah. Uh, all right. I guess, I guess we're done. I don't know. <laughs> what else is there to say at this point? <laughs> it wasn't as painful as the last one, although I will say it was this. very long, though. The, yeah, the runtime of these movies, and I think it's worse because we just watched the other two relatively recently. Like, it felt long. And I know the next one is even longer, and I am worried about how it's going to feel in two weeks when we're doing that. But well, do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to take notes. You're gonna have to take
0: notes. I was thinking that actually. I was thinking maybe I should take notes for this because just to keep track of like all the scenes and just make sure I don't miss anything <laughs> and I want to talk about. I think I think I hit. Yeah, I think you, I think we got everything. everything. At least Every... all the the stuff that was relevant. Yeah, all the stuff that I wanted to talk about anyway. Uh, actually one this is one little tiny thing but see the scene where patrick dempsey is with like his hostage carly and he goes up to tell megatron something who's with sentinel and megatron's like uh you've you've fulfilled your use like human slave peasant go away all right and patrick dempsey goes yes my lord right he sort of bows and he walks away and they wanted to add in this little line where patrick dempsey goes man he's such a dick but they sort of do it off camera and it's clearly something that they've just added in because they thought it would be funny. But it, it's <laughs> like squeezed in so quickly before it cuts to the next scene that it just it doesn't register. It's such a shitty little like squeezed <sighs> in line. I don't even think I noticed it. It's so bad. And it just, it's just it's just them try to squeeze in one extra thing that just doesn't need to be there and just doesn't register because it's so rushed.
1: What are we supposed to have sympathy for Patrick Dempsey in this?
0: I know. <laughs> what was the point? Besides, when I see Patrick Dempsey, I just think of Scream 3, and I don't want to be reminded of Scream 3, okay? I hate Scream 3.
1: I've not seen it. I've also not seen the, I think it's Grey's Anatomy, where he plays Dr. McDreamy. I just know him as Dr. McDreamy. That's
0: that's his big thing, but I've never seen that, so I I know him from Scream 3, (laughs) of all things. Uh, you should watch the first stream, though. I do recommend the first stream. Well,
1: oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I think that'll be my like October thing is finally I'll watch, checking yeah. out all
0: the scream films. I mean, you've got six of them to watch now, and I'd, I'd yeah. say for the most yeah. part they're fun I'd enough. I'd like
1: to get through it this year.
0: I'll get through. Yeah, them. first one's good. Some of the sequels are fun, but obviously have some silly, sequel things in them. Three's just the one that I don't like because it's just convoluted nonsense. Anyway, this has been Transformers: Dark of the Moon. I had to watch... Uh, I think I heard a, a good point, actually, when this came out. Someone pointed out that John Totoro, uh, John Malkovich, and Francis McDormand are all, like, Cone Brothers actors. This is, like, a mm-hmm. Cone Brothers cast in That's this. That's what I was
1: thinking, too, yeah.
0: And I'm like, yeah, you're kind of right. That's a good point. Um, plus Wash from Firefly. Like, you know, you have to watch all these great actors, like, the, <laughs> <Do> <laughs> like you, the I niche. mean, do
1: you like his character in this? Do you like seeing him in this?
0: I mean, there's, like, a moment of, like, five seconds when i first saw him, oh it's alan tudyk i like alan tudyk and then of course like it goes away so as, he, as so he talks so embarrassed for yeah. you do are
1: you doing in this
0: <laughs> so yeah uh it's you've seen a lot of people that you like and other things be just dehumanized
1: <laughs> i mean the biggest one is of course leonard nimoy a legend
0: yep yeah. at and least he...
1: you don't have to see him you know you just hear his awesome voice
0: yeah but and his voice work is good it's almost worse though that he refer- like he, you know, he, he says a line that he's famous for doing as Spock? Because at least these other actors don't reference their work.
1: <laughs> it's true. I'm glad he doesn't have any kind of comedic line. Because mm. if if he would have a joke line, then I would be really cringed and
0: uh, uh,
1: no, don't do this to well, my boy.
0: <laughs> I mean, he doesn't say any joke line, but you have to admit. The episode of Star Trek they're watching at the start, I'm assuming it's Spock's brain because the little Autobot says, I've seen this one. It's the one where Spock goes crazy. That's actually... I think that's supposed to be a funny bit of foreshadowing. Because Spock Uh, goes crazy. Spock
1: doesn't go crazy in in Spock's brain. He doesn't have a brain. He's just kind of a vegetable. He just walks around with like a thing on his head. Okay, which one is... He's got no
0: brain. Okay, I assume Uh, Spock's brain. It's the
1: one when he gets the... Is it this side of paradise? Where he gets like the, the flower stuff in his face. Oh, I don't know. And he eats meat.
0: It didn't look that episode to me, but I mean, I don't remember it well enough to say it. Say, to, to say I feel that. like that episode goes kind of crazy. Uh, But regardless, that line's meant to be like a bit of foreshadowing that Sentinel Prime's going to be the villain. Because Spock yeah. went crazy, you know? So they're, they're being a bit cute should have used
1: Mirror Mirror. They should <laughs> have goatee Spock. That's <laughs> true. Then we know that's not the right one. And that's to be fair, set.
0: Sentinel Prime does have something on his chin that looks kinda like hair. It's got like a dangly kind of Oh
1: yeah, you're right. He's yeah. he's got a goatee, that's how you know. It is uh, there the whole time.
0: Yep. Uh they even mentioned what vehicle he was. He's like a rescue truck of some kind. It's not it's mm-hmm. not like a fire truck, it's like a I don't know, like a I don't know, some some <laughs> some vehicle mm-hmm. that you would some, some red like, thing. Yeah. <laughs> some red thing. That's that's your
1: is he, is he like an amb- ambulance?
0: <laughs> so what was that referencing?
1: Nothing. Okay. I just like saying ambulance.
0: Uh, okay. Well, there you go. That's uh, that's Darker element. We should rate it. Tara, what are you giving Transformers Darker the <laughs> Um,
1: I was thinking like a four, but then it would be the same rating I gave Blade Runner. And that feels wrong so i'm gonna give it 3.5
0: <laughs> yeah i didn't go that low on blade Runner. like i i, you know. I can't
1: remember if i did four or 4.5 but i know i did rape below five so i think i'm i think i'm gonna do 3.5 just so it's blade runners a little bit higher <laughs> what
0: what did i give the last two uh, so i think the last one i gave like a two <laughs> or something like that I uh, it a one. first one i gave maybe like a five yeah 5.5 5, something like that um i think we both gave that one a five yeah i i think it's closer to one than two some things are arguably better than one but other things feel harder to get through because now it's like oh shit we're doing this for the third time and you know characters like ken jung's character (laughs) uh, some of the other stuff um i would i don't know i I think i Four feels kind of right to me.
1: Fine, give it the Blade Runner score.
0: That's not my Blade Runner score, though. (laughs) And I don't even like Blade Runner that much, but Blade Runner's technical quality does get it to like a six. Like, I'm not, let's not be pills here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll review Blade Runner again one day.
0: (laughs) Bump it up to like a middling score.
1: Maybe, maybe a five at least.
0: Yeah, I was like, I mean, I I don't like Blade Runner, and I've tried a lot to like it, but it's not in like actual bad movie territory. It does of, have
1: like, great atmosphere and
0: music and yes. whatever settings. Yeah, yes, and whatever. Yeah. I think
1: I thought, well, if I give it anything higher than a five, then it means I like it, and I don't.
0: So I think I just went like right below five. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go four, four out of ten for me. It's yeah yeah that feels right okay well there you go that's uh transformers dark of the moon we went long in this review but still not as long as the movie
1: yeah what's the next one next. it's not age of extinction what's the next ace movie
0: oh yeah well the next transformers movie is age of extinction yes uh the next ace movie before we get to that though is a, a vote winner that we haven't gotten to yet. And that is, and we probably d- picked a vote with three good movies so that we definitely watch a good movie in between these Transformers movies. So next week, we will be talking about The Martian. So oh, thank God. Yeah. So look.
1: I already know how I feel about that movie.
0: <laughs> Excellent so that's what's yeah, coming next week even
1: our um our, our patreon bonus movie was really hard to get through i'm like oh and then we gotta that's watch true. transformers
0: <laughs> yeah it's true we did species 3 as a patreon bonus episode and it, it was, was bad it was a chore uh but that's a good segue because every month on patreon.com slash tv or as a youtube member if you would jo- well, join that way instead uh there's a bonus episode uh and we do some of the more lesser known sequels to things on there sometimes we'll do sort of b movies that are you know and, and there's occasionally more well-known things like we had time cop back in the day and stuff like that but there's almost 50 bonus episodes now in the catalogue you get access to um you know tara i really have to question leaning into the mic when you yawn i just it's a, it's a I, bold I, choice i didn't want to wait <laughs> on the camera it looks like you're going towards
1: it. oh no <laughs> Maybe I did. I don't know. I'm tired.
0: <laughs> but can I recommend taking a step back instead of going to the side? Oh,
1: I was trying to hide in my face a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, you failed miserably then.
1: I, I truly thought I was being polite. <laughs> but my brain is broke because I watch Transformers.
0: Anyway, yeah, so a bonus episode uh, on a monthly basis. And at the $5 tier and up, you get Meltdown, which is a show where we and Tara just talk about all the different random movies we've been watching. Uh, Not sci-fi specifically, but we do a sci-fi quiz for each other at the start of the show of that. And then we uh, talk about all our different random movies. So uh, if you like the idea of those two bonus shows, uh, you can get them both at the $5 and up tier um, on Patreon. So, uh, Plus there's also bonuses, of course, for the other shows like Collector's Cut and Screams After Midnight and... Other stuff to look at uh, and all that stuff. So go and have a look and support us in any way you can. Of course, if you can't support us with some monies, that's okay. You can like, subscribe, ding the bell for notifications. You can share us on social media. You can do you know whatever, watching, commenting, all that stuff helps out a lot. It really does. So that is the show. That is the atomic serum experiment. This has been Transformers: Dark of the Moon. <sighs> Two more to go before the new one. Oh the new one may not be bad. You know,
1: Different... there was a trailer and it didn't look terrible. Mm,
0: uh, you know, certainly the bar is relatively low. You know,
1: and it's not Michael Bay, so we have that to
0: look forward to. We do, we do. I uh, I
1: legit like Creed two a lot, so
0: that's true. I may I might it's even open. I'm not going to promise I'll do this, but I might even rewatch Bumblebee before I go see the new one. Do yeah, you... I'm good. Because I don't remember it that well. And I feel like, just for comparison's sake, it'd be nice if one of us had a fresh memory of that movie before we talk about it. was Steinfeld,
1: the one. and she was a diver. She dove off of a thing in front of her classmates.
0: I forgot she was a diver. You'd remember well that I do.
1: I, I remember re- that because I remember that being really silly.
0: I remember John there was mean Cena. Girls. Oh, yes. I remember Mean Girls. Yeah, there was Mean Girls. I remember that. But yeah. I remember John
1: Cena now that you mention it.
0: Yeah, and the reason why we're not reviewing Bumblebee because we already did that. Uh, in fact, Bumblebee was our second ever episode. Yeah,
1: so like four years ago. <laughs>
0: yeah, so you can go back and check that out if you want. But uh, it'll, it'll be in the playlist in the right place once uh, we've done the five that have already come out. But
1: You see how short my hair
0: was. That is the show. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that is us. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction and computer at Salsa.